Hello everyone, welcome to the next episode of Humans of SDU, podcast brought to you by, by Merit Media. In today's episode, we are talking to Helene, who many of us know from career programs at SDU. Your today's hosts are me, Anna, and Martin. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Helene. Welcome to our podcast. It's really a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I think what I would like to start this conversation with is your journey to SDU, because I know that your original field of interest was rather different, different than what you do now. So could you take us through that, please? Yeah, it's going to be like a historical overview then, more or less. Uh, I am uh, educated as an agricultural scientist back in the days because I thought I was going to become a plant breeder and develop new wheat varieties or barley varieties for making good beer. Uh, and after my studies, I, I, I had a, a maternity leave position, which is a good way to enter the labor market. And it was at that time as well, where I worked with farmers and, uh, and they had, when they had uh, interns. But I missed uh, using my academic skills. So I applied for a PhD in cereal sciences so, and uh, climate changes. And I did that for way too many years. I had a couple of kids in between. And uh, then I continued afterwards in, as a postdoc working on potatoes. And then I ended up working on, I, I like to say that I was a rocket scientist which is way exaggerated because I worked on a green salad called rocket <laughs> so, and how you, how you, uh, how you should pack it right. So it keeps uh, shelf life for a longer time. And that was the last thing I did. And throughout these many years of uh, PhD and postdoc, I realized that uh, I like the, I like the field. I like the topic but I am not a specialist in that sense. Uh, and I'm not at all very keen on doing statistics and I'm not keen on applying for funding and coming up with good ideas and 10% will become a success in your funding uh, applications. Uh, and I realized I, I wanted to do something where I could feel that I did a difference and I could feel it close to me, not just on, in papers that you write and and you have maybe a comment once a year. And I didn't know at all what to do. Um, and then suddenly, maybe it was also, it was my last maternity leave. You always have good time to think about life when you're on, on leave. And I realized I really needed to do something differently. And then this position came up at SDU. It was an, they had an EU project called International Brainstormers, where they needed someone who wanted to contact companies where international students then could have an internship through a, this special program. So it was a pre-program for what I'm doing right now, actually. And that was back in 2013. And I thought, yeah, <laughs> this is what I want to do. I want to uh, be in contact with a lot of different companies. I want to have this international aspect. Uh, and there was, I, I really was into this uh, whole mixture. Uh, I'm married to a Swiss man and I have been, abroad myself during my PhD uh, and been living abroad for, for various periods of time as well. So I thought I had some, uh, I thought I had some uh, background to do so. Uh, 
but as in, in, in Denmark, it's always a good idea to, to do networking when you want to have a job. So I realized that I knew someone working in this department when I saw the, the job ad and I called him and I said, do, this position, is it relevant at all that I apply for it? Or do you have already someone to do this position? And he said, well, I should definitely apply. And he would also just notice the jury that I was going to apply and they shouldn't just reject me on the first place. And uh, to my surprise, I was called for an interview and, um, and I got the job and I was really happy that I, I managed to do the shift from being a researcher to something totally different right now. Yeah, so I think that was how I ended up in, at SDU back in 2013. How did you feel throughout the process of, the, of changing? Because I guess, or I can imagine it must be something for completely different doing the research as a postdoc, you know, doing the uh, scientific things or how, how would you call them? And now you are doing like the very, let's say a people thing, putting people together. And stuff. Yeah. I think that was exactly what I was missing to have this close contact with a lot of different people and be able to, to do a difference. What I experienced in my previous job was that we, I, we ha I had been in, in different projects where we had a lot of company co collaborations, but I realized that in science, you spend years to demonstrate, especially within uh, when it comes to plants and living material, you spend a lot of years in order to prove something that industry already knows because they have, they have figured out by just doing. And then we could prove why, why it worked. And for me, it wasn't that satisfying to be, uh, how do you say, always in delay of something. Like one step back behind you. Yeah, kind of one step yeah. backwards uh, compared to where, with the, where industry already were. So, so from that perspective, I, 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 really, I really liked doing something differently. And the, the things that I liked doing my PhD was to disseminate knowledge and to do workshops and to do uh, uh, supervising of, of uh, post, uh, PhDs or, or other students. And that part I, I could use in, in my current job and, and elaborate on. And I really enjoyed that part as well. And I'm, I think I also have this, uh, you know, coming up with good ideas and do de developmental projects is luckily also part of my current job. So I could still use that side of coming up with good ideas. And now I can do it within an organization and I don't have to apply for money to, to, do, to, to, see, to see my ideas uh, come true, if you could say so. Mm -hmm. But was your original motivation really to come up with new, with new types of beer? <laughs> well, actually, I don't even drink beer myself. <laughs> but uh, barley is a, a very important ingredient in within beer production. So yeah, either good beer or good bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was, uh, I guess, like most uh, other people who I, I when I was young, I um, I started. In, in my gymnasium, I had to do a, a, a larger written project. And for various reasons, I ended up uh, writing about <clears throat> a plant breeding method. Uh, and I got in contact with a, a plant breeding station in Denmark. And then during my entire study, I worked every summer on that plant breeding uh, center, helping harvest. It was quite manual 
uh, work. So we had to harvest each of these small plots and we have to register them and we had to weigh them and whatever. And I kind of liked that work because it was, uh, it, the, I could be outdoor. I like nature, I like being outdoors. I, I, I thought that was a nice ideal workplace for me. But I also realized that, again, it was a very specialist and, it, and you have to be very, um, how do you say, uh, kind of nerdy and into into Excel spreadsheets. And yeah. I'm really not a fan of Excel spreadsheets where I realized throughout, it took me many years to really realize how much I really am not into Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> so I don't miss that part at all. So I think that was, I think yeah. that's why I'm good in, in this position where I have less Excel spreadsheets. But you never get rid of them at all. <laughs> no. They're always there. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have to, I mean, it's, the whole I, I'm I just like dyslexic people and I'm kind of number lectic I, I, I'm I cannot see the patterns in numbers and if you want if you have to be a really good researcher you have to see patterns in numbers and that was just never really my clue so I I, I think you uh, when you're a young person and you want you look into you, what fascinates you and you think I'm gonna have a career in that and I think that's the way you should do I wouldn't I I haven't regretted at all that I did the way I did, but sometimes you also have to uh, you have to realize what you're good at and start going in that direction. It, and it might not be the same as you originally thought you were going to do. So, so being able to realize, and even though it was for some people a step down the career ladder when I did the change. I, I never felt it that way, and I because it gave me so much more joy. So you 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 have to sometimes take yourself seriously and and realize that okay, this was maybe the track you set out for, but the the scenery or the landscape changed too much, or or you you you're not just not made for mountain climbing. And I realized I wasn't made for mountain climbing, so I did something else. So in your current position, uh, as you said, you work a lot with internationals. Um, how? But you've worked like that for many years. So since these are not numbers, do you see any patterns there? <laughs> <laughs> like who are those people? How are they different? And how how is it working with them? Uh, it's I, I really really love my job, and I really really love working with international students. I guess I just really, really love working with people. And luckily, international students are just like any other student in Denmark in many ways. Uh, but I'm also, uh, I also like to, to uh, both show and open up what are the possibilities uh, when you live in Denmark. Uh, what, how, how can you come about and entering the Danish labor market? And I think, and that I think one of the reasons why I really like working with international students in this sense is the curiosity. I think curiosity is one of our main drivers in life in general. And it's really nice to meet people who are curious and who wants to, to learn something new and, and are interested in learning something new. And I, I find uh, that there's a very open attitude towards the Danish society and to coming here no matter what, if people are from Bangladesh or from Germany or wherever. Uh, and I, I'm always fascinated by the stories with which people come 
uh, I use, or we have all, for many years we, we did interviews with all of the international students who became part of this SDU career program, uh, the, the succeeder of International Brainstormers program. And I, uh, I realized how spoiled we are in Denmark. I think it has been more an eye opener on what it is to be Danish and to live in a Danish society more than it has been. Uh, I think I've learned more about myself and uh, of the background I'm from and from the country I'm from and, and from the Danish mentality and how, how we are in the world. And I think in a way I sometimes, I wish that more Danes would open up and be curious on all the people coming to them. Like I'm, Actually, I, I miss that Danes are being more curious on the potential that US international brings or foreigner brings. And, and I think it has to do with that we are very, uh, we are a very homogeneous group of people in Denmark. And we, are, we tend to have an idea that we have enough and we do in many ways uh, from ourselves. And, and, and we have, um, I would say some reluctance to be curious to see what other people could bring. And I think it maybe has a bit to do with Gendelon or maybe a bit to do with that we are a bit afraid that someone might be better than we are. I don't know if it's, if it's the case always, but I can see it also when my husband came to Denmark, we are not very good at, at asking how you can use what you come with. And, and it goes not only for when it comes to nationalities, it also comes to, I work with a lot of companies who haven't had academic people before, for example, or only engineers. And, and to be curious on taking in different groups of people, whether it is different uh, branches or fields or it is academic people, we have this reluctance and, and this shyness to, to open up a, and uh, and really look what can they bring and what how can they contribute into this setting that we have. So all yeah. this, uh, let's say, <laughs> career in Denmark program was not also a like because I think Anna part Anna is participating. I had a part of it at SDU. It comes like a big help or let's say eye opener for for us about the possibilities. So would you say it's the uh, other way around also because you say for you it was a big big thing to yeah. meet all, all these people and yeah and, and and that's what i like at the current projects that we have where we have in many years we focused on the international group how can we uh, give you and provide you with the uh, skills and the, the knowledge you need in order to get in get access to the Danish labor market. But in the current project, especially one of them, we are working also on the, the receiver group, also on the companies, because we realized that, I mean, they were more reluctant. So international students, they came and they were very well prepared and they have known about how to write a Danish CV and about the Danish culture. And then we had this group of companies who, who didn't have the same who wasn't mature in the same way to to incorporate new skills and new yeah, nationalities for, for that case. So now we're also working on that part. And I think that's very important as well. Uh, so it's, it's about giving information and overview 
and also in Denmark we tend to think we are the most ordinary kind of people in the whole world but whenever you look on any statistics whether it's in our uh, degree of trust in each other our the, the hierarchy we, we, we are to the extreme on every point more or less no matter what you look on on traits for for different countries and Danes don't realize that themselves so so we are the ordinary ones and all the rest are the odd ones so we have to kind of uh, narrow that gap in per perception i think and and this is what we are working on and it's really interesting and and i also would like to stress i don't think there are I hope that I can come across with that message both to the Danish companies or the Danish societies, but also to internationals. It's not because we don't like each other and or are skeptical necessarily. It's more, uh, it's on a different level. It's it's uh, it's partly ignorance uh, and partly yeah, they haven't been forced to the, the Danish company haven't been forced to look into that direction so far. For example, we can see the companies or the branches where they have been forced to look into new branch, new groups of people within IT and, and technology, where there's a scarcity of, of, of labor. We have less problems, if you could say so. I was just wondering with how it actually works with these companies. In this, for example, in the, in the IT sector, there's definitely a, uh, human resources are very scarce. So are they just coming to you and say could you just somehow help us how to uh, how to <laughs> save us <laughs> how to integrate yeah. this, uh, how to attract these uh, internationals or how how does this work or do you approach them um, yes but both but i would say especially within the it robot uh, industry um, they have made some very strong branch groups where they are focusing on attracting highly skilled people. And we have different organizations in Denmark also on a public level that that assist the companies in, in attracting and getting the right skills. So, and, and do fairs abroad and whatever. <clears throat> so yes, they do approach us on many different levels because they are so much in need of, uh, of people. And, and the interesting thing is i have often heard they say we need it talents <laughs> and then you ask them what is a talent <laughs> an it talent is it someone who, who who knows about coding or is or could it also be uh, we have some at the stu we have some um, some studies within uh, web uh, web it it's actually from at the humanities uh, is it that kind of talent or could they be relevant as well and and they don't have a clear answer to that one. So, of course, you need some basic skills, and, and programming is definitely a skill that is is useful to know. But I think, and that's an interesting thing. Whenever you talk to companies, when it comes down to it, the most important part is your you as a person and you your passion, and that you can collaborate with the people that you're going to collaborate with. Of course, you need some basic knowledge within the field uh, but most often it's the it's your collaborative skills that are the most important mm. and i think and i think that maybe that is one of the uh, key take-home messages for international students because when you apply for for jobs in denmark i often see that 
in the applications, whether it's the CV or the cover letter, there's a big focus on hard skills and not much on who you are as a person. And in Denmark, since we are this little homogeneous group of people, we, we, we prefer to work with someone we kind of like or can identify ourselves with or share, have shared interests with or someone we can at least have a good laugh with uh, during lunchtime. So I think it's very important when you, when you are interested in working in Denmark that you, you show who you are as a person uh, so we can have a picture of, of, an, of a whole person, not just uh, a handy tool because that alone won't get you the job. Hmm. But before you said that you would like to narrow that gap, right? To make it smaller. I, I'm sorry for this question, but I was, I was wondering how this narrowing works in your household. You said you have a Swiss husband. <laughs> so how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it happened too well, I would say. <laughs> Because uh, he turned out to be, I guess, the most Danish person of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have, th- or we have three kids, and and they complained that he never taught them uh, Swiss German, which is his mother tongue, because he kind of, uh, yeah, he has been so much into the Danish, uh, the Danish society, and he also have a Danish uh, citizenship now. So. Uh, okay, okay. I think we did it way too well. <laughs> I think he has more than just assimilated. <laughs> so, uh, but besides some good recipe on on some Swiss uh, delicious food, uh, there's not much Swiss around here anymore, <laughs> unfortunately. I think that's yeah. great. That's what you can <laughs> take further to the students. Yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's one of the, I mean, my dream scenario when I... Uh, because I, I really would like to retain all of the international students in Denmark because we, first of all, we like you. And I think that diversity is, is like crucial to develop a, a society in general. Uh, so my dream scenario would be that I would be able to do a matchmaking events and not between companies and students, but between, uh, so I'm, we know that having a Danish partner, for example, is really, really beneficial in, in staying in Denmark and also, learning this language which is spoken by maybe six million people and not very useful but if you want to have a career in Denmark it is quite necessary to to know some Danish so I would I would love to have these matchmaking events it would be great uh, (laughs) I haven't figured out a way to do it in so we won't uh, have conflicts with GDPR or whatever (laughs) (laughs) Some of the next projects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I have had some really crazy ideas. Also, how could we could we do set up a, a collaboration with a high schooler? Uh, these uh, schools that you can attend on a volunteer basis after your education, or or with with, with some of the college uh, universities where they educate teachers or nurses because they, we know they tend to stay in Denmark. So haven't come up with a good idea yet. So if anyone has good ideas, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) But I was also thinking about uh, your uh, current ongoing career in in Denmark program, because since since the the corona happened and strike and kind of put us into a bit challenging environment, all of us, how do you uh, actually deal with this? 
because I think, at least from my point of view, the coming together with the, all the other people, having the coffee and a small keg and just uh, have a small chat was a huge part of uh, uh, of the program itself, actually knowing the internationals, you know, among each other. How, how is it going on right now? Oh, yeah, it's been a struggle, like, because <clears throat> this program relies so much on network, <laughs> it has been quite a struggle. And uh, I wish I could say that we found the the holy grail in how to do networking online. I, I, I don't think I can say we have. Uh, we have tried out and various things, but I've, I'm for this particular thing, I really miss that we can meet because meeting, especially when we set up the meeting between students and companies, uh, it is, there, there's happened, something is different happens when you meet physically. So I look forward for, for that part. There are many other parts of the program which I think works okay online, like also in educational settings that we can have it, the workshops online uh, to disseminate knowledge. I think online workshops can work quite okay. Uh, and the good thing about uh, some of the online sessions, especially for, for a university like SDU, where we have campus spread all over uh, the region. Uh, and previously we have had some, we have spent quite some time on transporting students from one part of the country to the other in order to, to meet. And uh, both in terms of uh, environmental uh, issues and in terms of time and in terms of uh, availability, I, I like that we have, that we, some cases can do it online because it gives us different possibilities. But it is, it's definitely not easy to do networking among people who doesn't know each other uh, and has to start up a new network. Oops. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you just disappeared, sorry. Okay. <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, so, so uh, it, it has, and I know from all the, uh, different universities who are also part of these programs <clears throat> that to keep uh, the attention of the students and the engagement of the students has been really really difficult and it goes not only for these programs it also goes for the for the for the uh, for the studies uh, and you can say that because these programs are extracurricular so they are not part of a study so it is people's spare time that we use it, it takes some extra and um, yeah it has been very challenging and and we have also lost someone along the way I know because it has you haven't had the same output of it, uh, being part of these programs so yeah I, I'm looking forward to actually be able to meet people again it's gonna be great yeah I'm sure we all are <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you but said I, that there were also included some environmental issues and everything. So, is there anything that actually proved as a good practice during this Corona time that you're gonna keep even further? Oh yeah, I think there has been a lot of good experiences in the whole Corona situation, and especially the thing that we don't always have to commute to meet. And uh, and I also think that some of these online platforms are very useful in terms of. To, when, we, when I have to do collaboration and especially if it's people whom you know already uh, where, where it's, a, it's not a new connection that you're starting up um, so, so I like that we and I hope that we will be able to 
to consider whenever we do an event or uh, whatever a meeting, whatever we do, that we consider which platform to use. Is it relevant to meet physically? Can we do it online? Uh, I, I definitely think that we will have much more home office also on the long-term basis because uh, it gives more flexibility. We have less commuting. Uh, we, we might need fewer square meters uh, for offices. There's a whole lot of things where I, I can see advantages of not going to a workplace or a study place every day. Uh, and, and could we have some either fixed date or whatever where we knew everything is going to be online on these days and then save the time or the physical meetings where we really have time to, to socialize. So, so that we use the physical meeting for the socializing part and then the online meeting in my in my view, works perfectly fine to, to do a lot of orientation or information that you just have to distribute or, or also smaller workshops. So I hope we can, I hope we can take some of these things uh, along the way and not just go back to what was before because <clears throat> we did so many things by default without even considering what made sense. And just because I think we are slowly uh, arriving to, to a point, uh, is this the, because you were also mentioned that you have like a lot of ideas, which not necessarily means uh, a potential workplace as the matchmaking and thing, but is, is this it, the, like your, your dream job? Or do you think that <laughs> there is another area you would like to explore? Or? <laughs> or go further in something? Yeah, well, I don't think, in one way, I hope this will be uh, the, the last job I have because I really like it and because it develops all the time. It, it has changed within the eight, nine years I've been there so much, so it's definitely not the same. And if it keeps changing the same way, I, I would say it's more, le more or less like changing jobs. But on the other hand, I know, and this will be something common for all of us that we will be facing changing jobs and changing position and changing uh, what we do much more regularly than we do right now. And they say that young people like you will change their jobs 17 times and 10 of these times will be radical changes. So the ability to, to use your skills in one setting and transfer it to another setting will be more and more important. So I think that's, uh, luckily I'm so old that, that I won't experience that many changes. But on the other hand, I'm, I'm open for changes and I have many ideas, but I, it's not like I have a fixed idea that I wanna go in a specific mm -hmm. direction. It, it, I, I am a very curious and I realize that whenever you open a door to something, there's a whole world of interesting things behind that door. So I, I, I'm definitely sure there will be plenty of doors to open. I just have to figure out which one and when, uh, and it's, it's not uh, right now. Uh, mm. and, uh, and, and the second thing is, one thing is that you have a, that you have a working life. Uh, a lot of people also have a lot of things going on next to the work and, 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 there you are able to maybe uh, 
train and develop other parts of your personal skills and, uh, and stuff like that. So you, if you don't feel fulfilled within one place, then you can always add more. And then just having a family adds a lot of more skills to your CV. <laughs> so there's, a, there's plenty of opportunities uh, waiting yeah, I, was, I was about to ask whether, whether you are one of those person who has like these uh, uh, other things going on uh, apart from the work or you're just all in there because it seems it really seems like it's uh, the thing you are really enjoying. Yeah. I think that was one of the reasons why I was a bad researcher as well because there's way too many interesting things going on in the world and 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 the, I'm only scratching surfaces but I, I really love scratching surfaces on many different plat or many different fields so uh, so I also have some volunteer work going on where with a more entrepreneurial focus if you could say so so yeah, I, there's there's so much interesting going on in the world, and and I also with the whole coronavirus people they they say oh what how will the world look like after Corona, and I have a strong belief that the world will be become like the way you visualize it or the scenarios that you have in your head. I think it's really really important to the way we think about the world is the way the world will become. So I, I try to focus on, on good stuff that will happen and good ways we can go, because I think then it will be the kind of ways that we can go. So I, I, it's such a cliche, but I can see from my own life that the scenarios or the, the visions I have had, they became, became true. So it's very important to think, because only when you can think and imagine it, it will happen. That's really positive to hear. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and although I really like the way you said about the uh, changes and how, yeah, how there's always something new waiting, I kind of hope also for the sake of the new international students that you're going to stay in your spot for another while because you really are a person at, their, at the right place. Anyway, Helena, we are coming to an end and that <laughs> means that I have a last question for you. And this question is the same for all our guests we have, because we realized that it gives us some very nice answers. Um, and I would like to ask you, what is your life hack? What is it that makes you go through your life and makes it easier and nicer? Oh, it can be many things. Uh, curiosity, perhaps, <laughs> coming back to that one. Uh, curiosity and, and trying to see when, when there's a door that closes, don't stand and just knock on that door. Try to find some other door because there are always other doors or knock a, a hole in the, in the wall because there are possibilities. So maybe it's about being optimistic. And that for me is related to being curious because uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome that we are here. <laughs> and especially if you have studied biology, you know how how in, insane it almost is that we uh, that we are actually alive because it takes just from being a little two small cells evolving to a human being that can actually think and do stuff. That's pretty awesome. And this is a pretty awesome answer. <laughs> so, Hale, thank you very much for uh, this talk. It was a real pleasure. Yeah, thank you a lot for that. Yeah, and we wish you a good lunch. We can see that you're having a <laughs> lunch being yeah, prepared. <laughs> It seems like so. Uh, sorry for the noise. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> and thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. 
yeah likewise thanks thank you <laughs> bye thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed Helena's talk and we hope you enjoyed it even despite slightly discreet online quality join us next week again for our next amazing guest have a nice day bye